This morning I want to talk about uh, this phrase here. This is a, a phrase that we hear quite a bit. You have it so easy. This is a phrase that we, from one generation down to the next, you hear quite often. From uh, parents telling kids, grandparents telling grandchildren, you have it so easy. Well, this morning I want to look at that, that you have it so easy, or do we? Or do you? Do you have it so easy? So, let's start with things that have made life a little easier. And the last, even these are about the last hundred years or so. These are some things that have made life more comfortable for us, a little bit more easier for us. So the, the first one is, um, is one just personal to me and my family. Uh, for the ones that have been to our place, which most of you have, you know that we have a long lane down from the highway to our house. And when we were kids, the bus stopped at the highway. The bus didn't come down the lane, the school bus. So when we were kids, we had to walk up the lane to catch the bus. And then in the afternoon, it would drop us off in the highway and we'd walk back down the lane. Now, most of the time, this wasn't a big deal. This was kind of nice. Uh, I think it, it cultivated my enjoyment of walking around the farm, and I, I walk down the lane almost every day still. But some days it wasn't so nice. Some days when it was minus 20, 25 out, and there was a north wind, you're walking north, it wasn't always so pleasant. Uh, you wished that the bus, why couldn't the bus just go walk, come down the lane? And it wasn't so nice, and you would... Uh, you know, the three of us, as walking to school, we would be bundled in all our stuff, and we'd have uh, as much warm stuff on as we could kind of get, and that north wind was just blowing, and we would kind of hide ourselves like this and walk backwards to, so that the wind wasn't coming right at you, and it was cold, and it was miserable, and it wasn't so great. Well, now, since I think Vicky's kids, when they, when they moved to the farm, the bus started coming down the lane. I don't know whether Vicky asked them to do that or the school division just changed their policy. But they started, the bus would come right down the lane. So our kids now, when they wait for the bus, they just wait in the nice warm house and they see the bus and they run out. And the bus comes right down to the front of our house. They don't have to worry about walking down the lane in minus 20 degree weather with a north wind. And they know, I've, I've told them this before, you have it easy with, with the bus. You have it so easy, you don't have to walk for, you know, 10 minutes down the, down the lane in freezing cold temperatures. You have it so easy. And they go, yeah, 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 sure, 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 right? <laughs> but, but they do, right? And, they and so that's just a simple example of something with, with our family that, that they have it much easier than we had it when we were kids. Uh, the next is, like, we have cars to drive. You think of 100 years ago, most people didn't have cars. They were just kind of starting to come out. They had horses. Right? We think of our, of our farm, too. Um, so my you know, great-great-grandparents had to get a ho the horses ready and the carts and the wagons ready to come to Carmen and come to town. And it wasn't as convenient. Now we have our, our cars that are nice and warm and convenient. Most, a lot of our cars now just have a remote start. We can start from in the house, let them warm up in the winter for 10 minutes, and then get into a nice warm vehicle and, and drive to church or drive to town or whatever we need to do. Uh, that's made life a lot easier than having to deal with the horses and all those other things and still going out in the cold. Right? That's made life easier. Something like riding lawnmowers. They've been around for a while, but something like a riding lawnmower makes it a lot easier. If you have a lot of grass to cut, 
you're just a push mower that takes a long time. The next generation said, well, you know, maybe one generation couldn't afford a riding lawn mower and they tell the next and you have it easy. All you have to do is get on this mower, put your headphones on, listen to some music and drive around for an hour. It's made things a lot easier. Something like even simple indoor plumbing that we take, we don't even think about anymore. We completely take that for granted that not that long ago, people didn't have. Uh, you know, when they said they needed to go to the washroom, they needed to go out to the outhouse, which meant it wasn't attached to the house, right? So you, you know, we have it so easy now, it's nice and, and cold out, and we have a nice washroom inside our house with plumbing that works the way it's supposed to work. And when it doesn't, we call Rob or Javen and they come and they fix it for us. But not that long ago, it wasn't that easy. When it was that cold, they had to step outside of their house, go to the washroom as quick as they could and come back. So things like that have made life a lot easier. Uh, the last example is, is the internet. In the last 20 years, the internet has made a lot of things easier. As far as communication and looking things up, when, and, and it hasn't really been that long. Uh, you know, I remember in high school when we had projects, we would have to look, go to the library and look up encyclopedias and, and try to find what we were looking for and, and take our stuff from there. Well, now they just pull out their phone or their computer and they look it up real quick. If you have a have question about anything, it's there right at your fingertips at any time you want. And that's great, that's made life a lot easier to deal with things. So here's a few examples of things that, you know, in, in just the last hundred years or less, that our lives have become a lot easier than they used to be. But not everything is easy. Just because some things have been made easier doesn't mean our life is all great and we have no problems and, and everything is, is fantastic every day. There are still some things that are hard now for us to deal with. And some of these examples are things like balancing family activities. That can be a challenge for families as we have our kids doing different activities and different things and you may have different activities that you're involved in and you're trying to balance work and activities and church and all of these things. And that can be a struggle to try to balance all these things out. There's a pressure of always being available with modern technology. Technology has benefited us in many ways, but it's also a struggle in some ways as well. At work or at school or even with each other, when you send you know, a, an email or a text or something to somebody or a phone call they want, you almost expect to get an immediate response back or a quick response back. And a lot of people expect now that you, you know that you, we know that you saw the message, right? You can see it on your phone if you text somebody as a check mark, whatever it has. We know you read it. Why didn't you respond to me, right? So that's just a little thing, but it's a little pressure, especially when it comes to work and things like that, that, that you feel like you always have to be on. Whenever there's something come in, you have to respond. And that can be tough. A thing that is hard is trying to decipher which information is reliable and which is not. So really since the boom of the internet, we've had so much information come at us. We have so much, we have the world's information at our fingertips now and everything is coming at us. And it can be difficult to know which information is reliable and good 
and which information is not reliable and is just junk. And, you know, teenagers today have, have been taught in school how to, how to look at this, how to decipher information. They know if they look at something and say, well, that just doesn't quite look right, that the way, you know, that website is built is, is strange, or the way that, that this is done is, is off. And so they're able to kind of decipher a little quicker what information is good and what isn't, and what's reliable. Uh, but it can be a challenge to do that with so much stuff coming at us. What is really happening? What is really true? All these things can be difficult with so much coming at us. It's no longer just a local newspaper and a, a couple Winnipeg newspapers that you, you might see in the 6 o'clock news. There's so much at us now that it can be difficult to decipher what is reliable and what is not. Something like money and saving for retirement. This can be a big stress on people. This can be a big hardship for a lot of people. Uh, for the ones that are retired, you, you think about, do I have enough to last me the lifestyle that I want to live? Am I going to have enough? For the ones that are looking forward to retirement, you're thinking, am I planning to have enough? Am I going to be okay by the time I want to retire? What are things going to cost when I want to retire? You know, what, what is my housing going to cost? What is a jug of milk going to cost when I want to retire? Do I have enough money to, to pay for that? Those can be things that are, are struggles for us. They're things that are hard for us to deal with. And they're, they're, they're big stresses. So those are a few things of when we hear that we have it so easy. We do in some ways. But we also, but not everything is easy. Things are also hard. So we hear it as, as, as Christians as well, as so we think of now the global Christians all around the world. A lot of Christians around the world would look at us and say, you have it so easy as Christians now. You have it easy as a Christian in Carmen, Manitoba. You have something like a church building to go to. We have this great building that we can come to every week and worship. It's nice and warm in the winter, a little cool in the summer. It's a, it's a wonderful place that we have that we can come and worship comfortably. Not everybody in the world has that luxury. We have money. We have money to build the building and maintain the building. Money to, to spread out in missions around the world. We have that ability here to be able to use our money for the spread of the gospel, which a lot of Christians around the world don't have any at all. We have the availability of the Bible. We talked about technology there. And technology has granted us the ability to have the Bible with us whenever we want. Just in our pockets, whenever we want, we can pull it out and we can read the Bible. Now the internet is becoming global, but some people still don't have quite access to it, or reliable access to it, or the money to, to afford it, or the money to buy a device. They don't have the ability to just go to a bookstore and buy a Bible either. The availability of a Bible isn't as frequent for everybody as it is for us. Something like ability to travel. We talked about having cars now that, that, that are good for us. And, and 
as Christians, that makes it easy for us to get together. Right? Some live half hour away, even hour away to come and worship here. That's made a lot easier with just the ability to travel. A lot of people in the world don't have that ability. They're just where they are. It's hard for them to travel. And it's much easier for us. We have that ability. So a lot of people in the world, a lot of Christians in the world could look at us and say, you know, you have all these great things. You probably don't worry about anything. You got this great building. You got all this money. You're, you're great as Christians. What are you worrying about? Well, things are not always so easy here as Christians either. Just because we have a nice building and we have some money to spend and, 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 and be able to, to travel around, it's not always so easy for us either. And so here are a few examples of things that, that are not easy for us here. And, and a lot of these examples also uh, apply to the world as well, but they do apply to us. Something like society telling us our beliefs are wrong. We have a culture, we have a society that keeps telling us that things in the Bible aren't true. That it just can't work that way. We know too much now for that to work. That your beliefs are just wrong. And we're being told that quite often. And that's a struggle for us to then fight against that. It's not always easy to devote time to prayer and to the Word. We're busy people. You know, you have work or you have school or you have family activities and you have all of these things going on in your life. And it can be difficult to devote time to prayer and to the Word. That we live in such a busy society that every moment of our day is taken up by something. That to take time in the Word can be a challenge for us to devote that to. And putting our faith in action. That can be hard. You know, we... And, and then also spreading the gospel in our immediate area. You know, we, we live in a town, in an area here in Manitoba, that is quite open to Christianity. Right? And yet, even then, we still have a hard time spreading the gospel. Right? It's difficult. We live in a place that would probably accept a lot of it. That were, you know, it's not illegal to be a Christian here or, or anything like that. It's, it's very easy in that, in that regard. But yet, we find it still very difficult to spread the gospel even in our own immediate area. So there's things that are easy for us as Christians, that have been made easier for us. But there's a lot of things that are not easy for us, and a lot of things that we still struggle with. And so, this morning I want to look at, at, at Paul as an example of the struggles he went through, why he went through them, and how he dealt with them. So I want to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, 
in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Yikes, right? That's a rough life. That doesn't sound very pleasant. Paul went through a lot of stuff, a lot of struggles. So he, he was in prison. He was beaten, the 39 lashes, stoned, shipwrecked, dangers from many places and many people, hunger and thirst. Paul went through a lot of stuff. He struggled with a lot of things. This wasn't a comfortable life for him when he became a Christian. I don't know if any of us can relate to even any of these. We sometimes think we're hungry or thirsty, but probably not in the way Paul was. Right? We probably haven't been shipwrecked or stoned or beaten or thrown in prison because we're Christians. We can't, it's hard for us to relate to that with Paul. Because those are not things that we really worry about. We're not, we're not going around our, you know, in our days worried about being thrown in prison. Or being stoned or being beaten because we're Christians. We, that's not a daily concern for us. And so when we look at Paul like that, we, it's hard to imagine that he had to go through that as a Christian. That all those struggles that he really had, that was hard. Philippians chapter 1, Paul says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now that's pretty incredible. For all those things that Paul went through, he says they were served to advance the gospel. The gospel was advanced because Paul was shipwrecked and stoned and beaten and thrown in prison. All those things that Paul, those horrible things that he had to go through, all those sufferings he had, he realized that there was a benefit in it. He realized that it advanced the gospel. And that's great. So as we look at Paul's examples of that, and that he was able to advance the gospel through all of those things that he went through, we look for, our, for us, and how can we can use our struggles to also advance the gospel. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we are but also in our, own, in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So as we use our struggles to advance the gospel... One of the things we can do is we can hold firm in our beliefs. Hold firm in those beliefs even if they are constantly being told they're wrong. We may not be worried about being stoned. 
But we are worried, and we do deal with people telling us that our beliefs are wrong. And that we need to be able to stand firm in our beliefs when we are confronted with that. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. Paul is telling the church here to be on our guard and to be firm in our faith. Be courageous, be strong. This is, this, he's pumping these Christians up. He's saying, be strong. Know that you have the truth and stand firm in that faith. But the second part is real key here of what Paul, the instruction Paul gives. He says, you need to be all those things, but you need to do everything in love. That's the key. That we, we have to be firm and strong and bold, but we're doing that in love. We're not doing that in impatience and anger and frustration. We're doing that in love, and that's how it's going to be effective. <coughs> Romans chapter 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. He knew how powerful the gospel is. He knew that it could bring salvation to everyone. And so he was willing to go through all those things he had to go through because he knew the power of the gospel. He wasn't ashamed of it. He didn't shy away from it. When they were throwing him in prison, he didn't say, oh, I'll give up. I won't speak about Christianity anymore. But he was bold and courageous and not ashamed of the gospel through all the hard things that he had to go through. And over the many times that the people around him would have said, Paul, what are you doing? You don't really, you can't really believe this. There's no way you really think this is true. I knew you growing up. I know what you believed. I know what you've been taught. There's no way that you could believe this. And yet Paul stood bold and courageous and faithful. The next is that we can encourage each other. We look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So when we are dealing with struggles, we can be bold and, and courageous and strong, but we also need encouragement. We need encouragement from each other. It's hard to just do that on your own. We need to encourage each other and lift each other up. We can also confide in each other. James chapter 5. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And when I read that, I think we're really good on the pray for each other part. I think we do a good job with that. We ask each other what to pray for. We, 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 you know, we pray for each other uh, that we will be, you know, be strong in all the things that we, we go through. We pray for each other. 
The first part I'm not sure we're so good at. That we confess our sins to each other. That's hard. That's a really hard thing to do. But Paul puts it in here, as important as praying for each other, that we need to confess our sins to each other. That we need to know each other. That we can really pray for each other when we know who each other are and what we are dealing with, the struggles that we're going through. Confessing our sins can be difficult, it can be hard. But we can see the benefit in doing that, as, as, as Paul says here. The next is that we can work together. We work together. Spreading the gospel does not have to be a one-person job. We're given our instruction here in Matthew 28. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's our instruction. But we don't have to do that just by ourselves. We can. But we're not alone. Spreading the gospel isn't a one-person job. That's something we can do together. That's something that we can encourage each other with, that we can lift each other up, that we can pray for each other, all of these things as we are following this instruction. We are told to make disciples of all nations. Now, the world's a big place. You know, we can get around it a lot easier now than, than we could before, but the world is still a big place. And so if you are just going to take it on yourself and say, I'm just going to go and make disciples of all nations, and I'm, away I go. That may be good and good luck. But I think we work better when we work together. That we are the church. We are together. And as we spread the gospel, we do that together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul talks about our, our daily struggles. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. Those struggles that we go through every day, those things that come up in our lives, are achieving for us an eternal glory. And Paul tells us to fix our eyes not just on what is seen, not just fix our eyes on the things that we can now see and, and, and want to deal with. But we know that our struggles are beyond just what we can see. He says to focus on what is unseen, what is eternal, focus on those things. So we have many things in our lives that have been made easier for us. You know, whether it's just stepping out the door to catch the bus, or having our cars to drive, or having the internet to look things up, 
a lot of our things in, in our life have been made easier. As Christians, we have a building, we have money, we have each other. We have a lot of blessings from God in our lives and as Christians. But we also struggle. We struggle with many things. And too often we focus, our fix is on just the now and the, and, and the immediate. We focus on what is temporary. And we do need to focus on those things for a time. But we need to know that those struggles that we go through are for a greater good as well. Things that we can't even imagine. Things that may not happen within our lifetime, but may happen with our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And our friends and, and the community around us. That the struggles we go through, even though they're hard, can advance the gospel. And that is a really great thing to think of. That through all the things that we deal with, we know that those struggles can advance the gospel. That people can see how we deal with those struggles, how we, as the church, deal together with those struggles. And we can be light to the world as everybody deals with different struggles in their lives. But if we are focusing on what is unseen, if we're focusing on what is eternal, we know then that those struggles that we deal with can be a benefit to God as they are a benefit to each other and that they can advance the gospel. Thank you.